The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Episode 170 of the Rise and Shine podcast. And we've got an unbelievable guest this week. The best host in all of local sports talk radio. You see him nationally on CBS Sports Network. He does the absolute greatest impression of me. My guy, Greg Giannotti, of course, the critically acclaimed host from Boomer and Geo and WFAN in New York and CBS Sports Network. Greg Giannotti is the featured guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast. We will get into Gio's incredible career, his incredible interview a couple of weeks ago with Aaron Rodgers, his Vikings fandom, where New York baseball is right about now. Greg Giannotti is the featured guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast. And listen, it's football season. Where my brain is right now, for all intents and purposes, and we are recording this podcast on Monday afternoon, August the 21st. Summer's officially over, and it was the absolute greatest summer ever. Again, the backdrop in terms of the happiness that Katie and I had, which was a whole new universe mentally, just the two of us, it's because all three kids were having the time of their lives at sleepaway camp, so... I mean, you want to talk about going from, forget 60 to zero, from 95 miles per hour to zero. The mentality was amazing. Katie and I had an unbelievable summer. Kids had a great time in camp, come back from camp. We take our annual trip to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, which to me, perfect beach town. And, you know, different people have different beaches, northeast, east coast, down the eastern seaboard. You know, we could talk. We had a great family trip to California, which is a whole different kind of trip. But, you know, people go to Kiowa, people go to Montauk, people go to the Jersey Shore, you know, people go to the Outer Banks. Everyone has different things that they swear by in terms of a beach town. Rehoboth is our our favorite place, and we love it. Katie's from Baltimore. Her family has been going to Rehoboth, Bethany, forever. You know, forever, you know, you want to go to Rehoboth if you have young kids because of the boardwalk. And, I mean, it's clean. It's great. The beaches are unbelievable. The restaurants are incredible. You know, the kids get home from camp now on a Friday. So let them have a full day on a Saturday, go on a Sunday, and the weather was incredible, the food unbelievable. I won at Whack-A-Mole, and I love Whack-A-Mole, and I'm talking about a 12-person Whack-A-Mole situation, which, you know, I get a prize, that's the ultimate, the kids are going nuts, then instantly I go to Ski-Ball, 
and you got 250 to win a prize. You have to hit 250. I got 260. I needed, and I'll bring in our executive producer, Bob Stu, for this. Bob, I needed to hit 40 to get a prize. I got a 50. Wow. Rolled the 50 to get to 260. The kids are going nuts, chanting, Daddy, daddy. I mean, it was absolutely wild. I pulled the Costanza, threw my hands up. I said, that's that's all for me. I mean, that's about as great as it gets in terms of a dad moment at the beach, but it's just an incredible time. Rehoboth is great. About a four-hour drive for us from outside of New York City. Now, Bob Stoom is back. Whether you knew it on the podcast or not, because we did tape some Bob Stew segments in advance, and we did talk about it on certain podcasts, Bob was away for paternity leave. Eight weeks. We had no communication. I mean, that's a lie. I keep saying that on radio. I mean, we we talked or text, I mean, you know, four times a week. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Bob can't say anything. No, It's illegal. Can't have any contact with Bob Stew when he's on, on paternity leave. But listen. I know you during these eight weeks, and you have, and your wife, a lot of family, a lot of extended family. You love the beach. You wrote the book on beach (laughs) vacations. For me, I want to be, rent the house for a week, quick walk to the beach. That's important. doesn't have to be beachfront, but you know, like a 10-minute walk to the beach, a couple of blocks, a couple of avenues. That to me is great. You know, obviously I'm carrying the heavy bag. Always <laughs> rent the the chairs, yeah. even though you bring other chairs too, but you rent the chairs, you rent to. the umbrellas, because you, you have to make sure that it's done right. You hate to, you don't want to see that dad who's fumbling through, you know, trying to get the the umbrella in. Uh, That's and, yeah, a I mean, disaster. Becomes a weapon, Adam. The a umbrellas weapon. are dangerous. Without yeah. question. So, you know, obviously great food for us. The Gus and Gus sub, the cheesesteak, unbelievable. The, the we got a funnel cake for the first time in ages. Hundred flavor ice cream, salt there, which is one of our favorite restaurants. The Nickaboli, unbelievable. So, what are you looking for, and where did you go as a noted beach? expert during these last eight weeks those are great questions adam and you're right i'm basically a son of the beach at this point i mean (laughs) you mentioned a whole bunch of beaches when you were talking about this i did go to seaside i've been down the jersey shore you know i go to belmar every year my aunt and uncle have a house there it's amazing we have an incredible time i also went to the hamptons for the first time i went to southampton i enjoyed it it was not what i expected at all i wasn't even sure i i've never just googled pictures of the hamptons before so i had no idea what i was getting myself into i had a great time at the hamptons went to montauk that was a lot of fun but you're right really what do you look for in a beach vacation is very important and you mentioned it you have to be able to walk places that's right i don't want to ever get in a car and have to drive to the beach i don't want to have to get in a car and go drive to get coffee or breakfast I don't want any of that. I want to be walking consistently. So the key to me is there's got to be a coffee place in walking distance. There has to be a place to get food, a deli, a sandwich place, walking distance. And also, you mentioned it, Adam, the beach has to be within walking distance. Especially now, I have two young children, infant children. 
the amount of things I have to pack to get to the beach is insane. You're, you're taking wagons. You're taking toys. You're taking chairs. You're taking children. It's, you're taking strollers. You're in the throes of it, Bob. It is miserable to go to the beach with two children, Adam. It is impossible. It is literally a three-hour production to maybe get a half an hour of fun at the beach. My kids uh, are carrying really chairs now, which is great. Oh, my my great. kids can do that, which is fantastic. I can carry a bag, which is great. Grade. Yeah. Wait, so I don't, you know, you're packing it with the suntan lotion, obviously, <laughs> and the books and the oh, hats. Yeah. And, you know, Theo's got his baseball mid, my baseball mid. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. You have to walk everywhere. We didn't drive once that's the amazing. entire time. That's amazing. I mean, that's it. We did not drive. That's, and I always want that coffee place, the local coffee yeah. place. The set. I will always get up early. First person, and I'm, I could sleep, right? I, I value sure. my sleep. I count my, my hours of sleep. Theo and I walk. It's the coffee mill in Rehoboth. That walk, the beach walk, as, you know, everyone's kind of just waking up in the morning. You see, you know, that main drag, everybody just, you know, getting, that people are getting to stores. I go for a run on the boardwalk where yeah. Katie and I did hot yoga. You know, I'm a big oh, hot yeah. yoga guy. <laughs> so doing that, but every morning that walk with Theo to get coffee. Yeah, that's essential. Essential. It's everything. Also, yeah. you want something to look forward to? My girls love going in the ocean forever, and they had a great time yeah. in the ocean, but Theo hated it. And last really? year, he hated it. This year, wouldn't get out. That's great. And it's yeah. great. And you bring the chairs down, you sit in there, you're reading a book, you just, my feet in the sand. That's, it's, it's you know, it's a state of mind, a state yeah. of being. Feet in the sand, the waves, it was calm. I've been there at the end of August, yeah. and it's just been a mess. But now, Jolie's <laughs> doing, you know, field hockey, Maya has soccer. So this is when we have to take vacation before football starts. You know, we're taping it on this Monday. I had to drive Jolie. She had a 6.15 or a 6.30 practice for field hockey. Everything's on Coughlin time now. So she had to be there at 6.15. So summer's over. It's officially football season. But we're on the same page on what you're looking for for a beach vacation. I mean, it's essential, Adam. I mean, just walkability is everything with the beach vacation. That's I can't believe Theo didn't like to go in the ocean, though. Never did until this time. It's it's amazing. And he wouldn't get out. He got wiped out on day one. By a wave, and I was like, oh, shit, here we go. This is going to be a mess. He couldn't get enough. And what's wow. great, you can bring a wiffle ball down. He's got, oh, you know, yeah. the ping pong that, you know, you yeah, hit with yeah, the right. of course. Whatever, whatever, whatever they call that thing. You know, know. The, the, the ball and the. No, I the, know exactly you what know you're what I'm saying. saying. You know the game. Does it have a name? I don't know if it has it's a name. It's not pickleball, like but it's. it's no, uh, it's, it's not ping pong, but it looks like the ping pong. <laughs> throwing <laughs> bombs, throwing touchdowns, yeah. throwing the football around. Got yeah. the baseball mid out. I love it. And he's got the CBS Sports Network hat. I mean, <laughs> that it's what it's. Well, by the way, on the boardwalk, it's you make the shot and win yeah. a basketball. Yeah, that's tough. They had a Syracuse basketball. Theo made wow. four shots on wow. $7, you know, a dollar per that's shot. incredible. And got a basketball. A legit Syracuse basketball. That's wow. another win. I mean, those games are rigged. I mean, the, the rims are bent usually, so that's impressive. That's that was unbelievable. Needed. But now it's football season. So, and I I used to like taking this week off or the following week off, like right before football season. But I feel like, you know, with the kids now getting older and now before week three of the preseason, I feel like it was the best summer ever for all the reasons I documented. But now, Bob, it's officially fall and it's officially football season. Speaking of CBS Sports Network, Greg Giannotti is the featured guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast. 
Wonder if he has the same hat Theo had. He's a featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast, and he joins us right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yo, what's going on? This is Bully Ray from Busted Open on Sirius XM's Fight Nation. For 15 years, we brought you the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. And now, we're bringing you even more. Yo, guys, welcome to Busted Open After Dark. Every Wednesday night, as soon as AEW Dynamite ends, I'm bringing you instant reactions with the Busted Open Nation. The only place to party on Wednesday nights is Busted Open After Dark. With me, Uncle Bully. Download it on Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. The feature guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast, my guy, the critically acclaimed host of Boomer and Geo on WFAN in New York, simulcast, of course, watch it every morning on CBS Sports Network, the great Greg Giannotti. Geo, how are you? Great, Adam. It's always great to see you. Great to hear you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat up a little bit. Absolutely. And listen, I've wanted to get you on the podcast for a while because if I had a dollar for everyone on the street who walked up to me and said, what's going on, Fusco? I would be an absolute millionaire. 
Your Adam Shine impression is incredible. In fact, I'll even shout out one of my good friends, Corey Provis, who does the play-by-play for the Minnesota Twins. He will randomly just text me on like a a random Tuesday, what's going on, Fusco? I'll I'll text him back, hey, Corey, how you doing? He doesn't even write back. Just will randomly say, what's going on, Fusco? So I love it. It's spot on. The the random high octane, the, the gravel pitch in my voice how did you become an expert in terms of the adam shine impression well it's it's something that i've been doing for a very long time i used to mimic my teachers as early as fourth grade and they hated that and then the guys that i would just be around it was just easy for me to pick up on their mannerisms especially those that are very demonstrative so when i started producing for you occasionally on saturdays and i would listen to you when you were doing part-time WFAN stuff, I sort of picked up on some of it. And then when I started interning at Sirius uh, XM NFL Radio, that's when I really started to pick up on it. And that's where the Fusco in New Jersey thing came from with the uh, it's good, uh, Fusco in New Jersey on uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio. What's going on, Adam? Love the show. What's going on, Fusco? <laughs> uh, that, was, that was the one that started it all. So uh, yeah, I'm just... When I'm around guys like you and Joe Beningo and you guys have your very, very distinct, loud personalities, I can I can pick up on it pretty easily. The Beningo one is unbelievable. And you have to explain what the hell happened with the Joe Beningo impression and the Bills and Sean McDermott and creating an international incident and a write-up because of your great impression in the big lead. Yeah, so it, it's, it's a complicated story, but I will try to do it very quickly. So basically, we're talking about Rob Sala, and he admitted that he likes to scroll through TikTok when there's nothing going on. He's sitting in bed, and he can't sleep. So we've heard the Chinese sort of involvement in TikTok has been in the news in the past, and Joe Beningo is a crazy conspiracy theorist Jet fan. So I launched into my Joe Beningo impersonation. You go, oh, great. Now we got the head coach who is scrolling through TikTok, that means that the Chinese are going to get his plays and they're going to give him to the Bills because we know that the Chinese hate the Jets and they love the Bills. We've known this for years, bro. And now you're going to lose week one. So the writer for the big lead doesn't isn't watching us, I guess, or I don't know, gets confused, thinks that Joe Beningo is actually on our show on Boomer and Geo and it wasn't me doing the impersonation and says that Joe is so crazy to believe that the Chinese would steal his plays or the Jets plays through TikTok and give them to the Bills. And uh, the writer actually really never, like, admitted being wrong. He tried to be coy with it, but who cares? This business is very, very funny, and that was one of my favorite moments of all time, confusing a writer to think I was Joe Beningo, thinking that the Chinese were stealing the Jets' playbook and giving it to the Bills. Amazing, and we love Kyle Costa from the big lead. He does an excellent job, but that was that was wild. As you say, what are your favorite moments of, of all time? I think your best and my most favorite impression, I mean, I could say me, is actually Damon Amendolara. Your Damon Amendolara impression is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Do you have a personal favorite impression that you do? Ah, uh, man. You know, I really like doing the the one that uh, that it doesn't even sound like him, but Eddie Scazzeri. <laughs> so Eddie, Eddie's got this very quiet voice, and, and a lot of people don't. He's our board operator. He's got this very quiet voice. 
But then when he whispers in my headset, he has this different timbre to his voice. And then I turn that into this whole different character. So I really love enjoying that one. Uh, when I get going with Mike and the Mad Dog back and forth, that's a lot of fun. But probably, I mean, it has to be Joe Beningo because that was the one that that really started it all. And the one that I, because I, I also, not only did I trick Kyle Coster, I actually had a five-minute conversation with his wife, Terry, once in the WFAN newsroom. And he thought that it was, she thought that it was him. We had a whole conversation about what to get at the grocery store. So I felt like that was, if I can get to that level of an impersonation to trick somebody's wife, then it has to be my best one. Yeah, and it's interesting. And I'm curious if you've ever gotten heat. I mean, the Mike stuff, obviously, you know, the Mike stuff has been, you know, a back and forth. I remember once when you did an impression of me on SNY. Yeah, you, you didn't like it. No, I... And I'm glad you even said it that way. I had no issue with it. I love the impression. I was upset. It was literally, you were on Daily News Live. The show's on at 5 o'clock. And it's literally 5.02. And some middle management clown is like, you have to get on air. Giannotti's going to do an impression of you. And I said, why do I have to join this? No, I mean, you, you've got like, a lot of people who get paid ego-wise, want to talk. Nobody want. I'm doing a show at 6 o'clock. I'm like, I don't want to yeah. do this. So I was never annoyed at you. You wrote me a really nice email. I wrote you right back. Never to Jonas, you know, who's no longer in the business. You know, he took that and made it into like a I'm like whole, whole Hold on. I'm mad at middle management who was not long for the world soon after that. So yeah. we had a good positive exchange. I, your impression of me is fantastic. I love it. The, the, the minute I'm not imitated, I, I get nervous. <laughs> Besides that and that misunderstanding, which is why I bring it up, anyone ever give you any heat? Mike, Chris, anyone else? Uh, no, dog never. Obviously, Mike, he he hated it. And I really think the reason why Mike hated it was because once Craig left, he thought that he wasn't going to get his balls broken as much. Right. And I didn't do it really in the same way that Craig did. I mean, I think Craig and Mike had a real personal thing going on back and forth. And, and Mike just was thinking, like, when Craig's gone, now I don't have to deal with that. And I would do the Mike impersonation. I think he just took it the wrong way. I think he took it personally. When really all I was doing was a voice like yours, a voice like Joe's, a voice like Dog. Just I, I just do all of them, and he didn't like it. So he fired back at me with a bunch of stuff. We ended up on the back page of the New York Post. But, no, that's the only – Mike's the only one. I mean, everybody really, really enjoys it uh, for the most part. Even Damon Amendolar, he plays it back on his show. Uh, so people generally like it because it's not mean-spirited. It's just sort of a parody of somebody. And if I'm paying attention that much, that means that you're a really big personality that I'm listening to, uh, like yourself. So, no, it's only, only Mike Francesa. But I don't think that was necessarily – I think that had a lot to do with the the him and Craig Carton thing over the years. And he just was like had it with people picking on him, you know? And for me, which was great in the, in the middle of a goddamn pandemic, when you started using that line like <laughs> – Bob, my producer, died. I, I yeah. actually had to say to him, I'd say to my producer, have I said goddamn pandemic? No. Or did no, you? I, you know, I didn't even know if that was you doing me, if I actually said that, or you just took it to a whole other level. Yeah, I'll give you, here's the background of that. It's actually a somewhat interesting sports media story. So I had only been blocked by one sports media member in my entire life on Twitter, and that was Dan Graziano of ESPN. <laughs> Because he wrote something on Twitter. It was like, everybody's complaining about the schedule. Don't you understand? We're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. So, like, I, I tell this story on the air because I made fun of him for it. I tell this story on the air. And for whatever reason, your voice came out of me when I told the story. Oh my so God. either Jerry or Boomer goes, you sound like 
you sound like Adam Shine when you do that. And then it just became the, you know, because we were in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. <laughs> I just, every opportunity I had to say it, I said it. So, uh, yeah, that's how that was born. You never said it. It was actually a Dan Graziano tweet where I got that from. I, but just so you know and how genius that was, I had to say to people at SiriusXM and CBS Sports Network, I'm like, did I say that? I don't even know if I've actually said it, but it became part of me. Like that, uh, I started saying in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. <laughs> I, I have no the, idea. Like even in 2023, like things will come up and you'll be like, oh man, you know, it's uh, summer's over, but football season's showing up. And man, I got a couple days of vacation left and we're still in the middle of a goddamn <laughs> pandemic. Like, you're just working into anything and it just it gets a laugh. Oh, man. And I do appreciate all the moments of the day at the end of the show and how you take because you have the ability to take that and then just take it to a whole nother level on anything. Like you're going to the grocery store. Like my rant on the Padres was the it just you you have that incredible yeah. ability. Hey, Bruce. <laughs> you guys had a field day with that one because who the hell yeah. else is going to say bag it Babe Ruth I mean all of a sudden I had like Babe Ruth truthers come I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ripping Babe Ruth I'm just praising Shohei Otani right yeah yeah you know what it is too is like the, another reason why I end up going to your voice a lot is Boomer loves, loves it. it like yeah. it's his one of his favorites so I know I can always get him going with that like he, it never fails. Like he always cries He's when in the tears. Adam Shine yeah. voice comes out. You know, he just he absolutely loves it because he's always loved you know working with you on CBS. So I think the fact that you know that combination works. And like anytime I need, like all right, Boomer might be a little bit uh, tired of this particular topic. Let me break out Adam Shine and get him back on track. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that I think you know you did such a great job of replacing Craig in the fashion that you did. Now, you obviously, you were a producer, as you mentioned, at FAN. You go to Pittsburgh. You dominate the airwaves there. Go to CBS Sports Radio. And I always knew you were going to be great. Replacing Carton, stepping in with Boomer, same crew. You know, you and Craig are not similar hosts, in my opinion, but... It's going to be a similar style of show. It's not going to be an afternoon drive, hardcore, break it down, X's and O's. And you found a way to make it your own. And I've always wanted to ask you this, and I mean this as the ultimate compliment. Seriously, how the hell did you do that? Because everyone there had a great relationship, at you know, working with Craig, and the show was successful. You made it your own while still keeping the chemistry with Al and Eddie and most especially Boomer and Jerry intact. That's kind of amazing, Gio. Well, no, thank you. The The thing that I did in the beginning was I didn't make it about me at all. That's what I understood. And, and the listener was used to that show sounding a certain way, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to change all of that. I mean, of course it was going to change, but I really leaned heavily on all those personalities. I'd bring Al in a ton. I'd bring Eddie in a ton, Jerry you know, Boomer would drive a lot of the conversations early because I wanted to sort of, I, I would, akin to like when Le'Veon Bell was in his prime and he'd get the ball and he'd wait for the line to open up and then he would find his hole. So like the first few months, that's what I was doing is I, I just, I, people would tell me, listen, this is your shot. It's got to be you. It's your show. You know, be yourself, take it over. It's a huge opportunity. You never want to look back on this and say you weren't yourself. But I'm like, I'll be myself, but you have to be the version of yourself that works in that environment. So in the beginning, I had to sit back a little bit and have everybody get comfortable with me and then slowly, slowly, slowly sort of build my own house 
and, and renovate the house that was already there. Um, so it, it took a long time. And in the beginning, if you listen back, like you can tell it was a totally different sounding show. But I was conscious of making sure that we weren't so jarring uh, to the listener when we started. I wanted them, all the, the, the fans and the listeners of, of Boomer and Carton, I wanted to really like this show as well. And the only way that that was going to happen is if it somewhat sounded like what they were used to hearing without me trying to be Craig. And the only way that I could do that was use the existing members on the show to really create that same type of sound. And and luckily it's worked and, and they really are like everybody in their role on that show to me is just, it's absolutely perfect. And that's why there was magic with them back in 2007. And that's why, you know, it continues today. Now listen, I, I think in all seriousness, it's, it's the greatest morning show in the history of sports radio. Seriously. I, I love it. I'm not necessarily a morning show kind of guy. It's not my cup of tea. I would rather listen to more sports talk, but it's based on sports. You guys make me laugh. I'm in stitches constantly. And look, I know this from working with Boomer for, for over a decade. He's the best. And he's such, he's a great guy. He understands the medium. He gets the most out of you, which you won't, you know, he gets the most out of any host, which normally it's the host and the analyst, but you guys together as co-hosts, what did Boomer say to you when you first took over and how did he create that incredible relationship that viewers and listeners hear now? I think the biggest thing was he wanted me to know that he had my back through all of it. You know, try different things. Don't worry about it. Let it rip. You know, make sure that you do this, do that, and I'll, I'll be there for you. And if, if, if I'm there for you, then you be here for me. And we just, he really created this level of trust. And I think the reason why was, you know, I mean, things fell apart very quickly with, with Boomer and Craig, and Craig has one of the great comeback stories of all time and really happy for him at Fox Sports 1. But the thing that sort of happened, it was just like all of a sudden, kaboom, and no one really knew what was going on behind the scenes. So like he, Boomer really wanted this foundation of trust in the beginning, and I felt it, and it felt real. And even when things weren't going the, exactly the way I wanted them to early, you know, he always had my back through that. And, and if Chernoff was all over me for one thing or another, I always could count on Boomer to – you know, give me a little slap on the ass and tell me, listen, it's okay, man. We're, we're good. We're good. Don't worry about it. So that, that was really the thing. And, you know, when people ask, like, you know, what is Boomer really like? The, the answer is, as you well know, I mean, he's, he's exactly yep. what a man who has reached that sort of level and success in sports and entertainment should be. I mean, you know, we get a new intern in at CBS uh, Sports Radio or WFAN. He walks into that newsroom and he's like right off the bat. How's it going? My name's Boomer. Where are you from? Where do you go to school? Looks him in the eye, makes him feel like a part of the team. And that's sort of the leader and the guy that he is. So you, you take that and multiply it by 10 to 100, and you got the support he gave me early on. All right, he is the absolute best. And you guys had an unbelievable interview with Aaron Rodgers on CBS Sports Network, on WFAN. I mean, for you, for this football season, Gio, this has got to be the home run of all home runs. I mean, the Jets are going to be a topic. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a topic. And I think they're going to be great. There's no way to me, and there's going to be a bullseye on their back, there's no way they're going to fail or to be irrelevant. Maybe they'll only, quote-unquote, win 10 games. But I think top five defense, Rodgers has a lot of gas left in the tank. I think the Jets are going to be awesome this year. And for you guys, this has got to be gold, right? 
Oh, uh, absolutely. Now, it would have been nice if we got one of the two baseball teams in the playoffs while this was going on. We never seemed to get all of it at once, but you can't get greedy. This is what we've been waiting for for a very long time, to have both these teams in the Jets and Giants look like playoff teams heading into the year. And I'm with you. I mean, I I really do believe that it's going to be tough for the Jets to be bad, barring some sort of catastrophic injury tragedy that they could go through. I mean, if if we have to watch Zach Wilson play – more than six snaps the entire season. That's going to be a, a big problem. But, yeah, they're, they're going to be a huge story. They're going to be interesting. They are the story in the NFL. And we've gone through some lean years, man, in New York sports talk where you know, the Yankees are out, the Mets are out, and then it's week four and both these teams look horrible and no one's won a game or there's one win between them and it's week six. So we feel like we've earned this one <laughs> to get this yeah. type of story. And uh, it's, it's going to be great. And I, I am with you. I, I believe that an AFC championship appearance has to be the goal. Now, I know that there's so much nuance in that and sometimes not black or white. And depending on how they get there, how they win these games, how they whatever. But to me, you know, it's 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 about not just making the playoffs, not just winning the division, not just winning a playoff game. I think that they have to get into that AFC title game and then face one of those behemoths in the AFC to consider at least year one of Aaron Rodgers as a Jet, because it's going to be more than just one year. Yeah, uh, Year one of Aaron Rodgers as a Jet is a success. See, it's interesting the way you phrase that. And it's not that I disagree, and I think they're a top two, three team in the AFC, but I'm just worried, in, not about the pressure, because Rodgers can handle that, top five defense, defense. The AFC is loaded. I mean, they might be the second-best team in their own division when it's all yeah. said and done. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, the Chiefs, obviously, Joe Burrow if he's healthy. Heck, I think the Steelers could be really good this year. The Ravens, the, there are, the Chargers, so many good teams. But for you as a week-in, week-out barometer, you expect the AFC Championship and to look like a team that can go to the Super Bowl. I think Rodgers is going to have a monster season. You're a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan. You know what he's capable of. Obviously, the most talented quarterback, in my opinion, in the history of the game. You know what it's like being on the other side. You think Rodgers is going to have that dominant MVP kind of season for the Jets this year? Oh, uh, absolutely. Because think about it. I mean, it- Prior to last year, he won back-to-back MVPs with Nathaniel Hackett as his offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett is his offensive coordinator now. He is as refreshed and into it as he's been in years. I mean, let's not forget the last two week ones that the Packers played. They got slammed a couple years ago against the New Orleans Saints and Jameis Winston and last year against the Minnesota Vikings. And all the questions were about how into it is he. And he took the offseason off completely and he came back and wasn't prepared. He's the exact opposite of that this year. And the fact that he, I mean, he's he's one of the smartest guys in sports. And the fact that he dropped the Super Bowl three trophy reference in his opening press conference, Amazing. he knew what he was doing. He's here for one reason. He's here to be Mark Messier all over again for the New York sports fans. So, yes, I think he's going to be that dominant. I think he's got the weapons to do it. And, I mean, I know it's like a big talking point with the offensive line, but I, I think they're going to be okay. I, I really do believe that. I don't think this offensive line is going to be so porous that they're not going to be able to do anything. There's enough talent there, and they got one of the smartest players to ever do it, uh, handling the ball on every single snap. So, th- yes, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be right there in the MVP, MVP conversation. And by the way, if he, in this loaded AFC, if he gets the Jets the 12 or 13 yeah. wins, how could he not be the MVP of the league? I agree with you, and I think it's going to happen. Now, you reference, obviously, the Mets and the Yankees. I give you credit. You were ahead of the curve 
on the Mets in terms of they're not going to come back. And I, I, I was with you there. I wasn't sure that they were actually going to trade their stars. It became apparent they had to. But you were light years, Gio, ahead of the curve on that. Yankees, as we speak, are on an eight-game losing streak. And, you know, as a diehard Yankee fan, this this is a complete mess. I mean, you know, this is like a Stump Merrill managed team. I mean, they, they are a disgrace. I think the Mets are closer to being successful then the Yankees, because I look at at least having a plan for 2024, I'd get rid of Cashman, I'd get rid of Boone. Take the temperature for me on who you think, and it's bleak for both, is in better shape and what you are going to be looking for in terms of moves and firings and all sorts of player movement for both the Mets and the Yankees throughout the offseason. I mean, I think it's very similar shape, but I will say that I believe that the Yankees, if if they finally fill some of these holes correctly in the offseason, could bounce back quicker. But I don't think either one of them is going to make the playoffs next year. I mean, I do applaud the Mets for assessing themselves correctly and saying that and saying that there is absolutely no way that we're going to compete this year and we're going to trade away our guys. We've got to get prospects back because our farm system stinks. I, I applaud them for that. However, I mean, we don't know if these prospects are going to pan out. I have no idea who their rotation is going to be. And as a Met fan, when Steve Cohen became the owner, I thought that he was going to be in on every big free agent. He's yeah. basically told us to our faces that he's not going to give Shohei Otani a big deal or big offer. So I don't know. That remains to be seen if he actually gets in the mix there. So I'm not sure exactly what they're going to be next year. I do think that that Brian Cash was going to be the GM. They gave him a four-year contract extension, so there's no way he's going anywhere. But I, I do think that if they make the right call, the Yankees, on a couple of different positions and can get something legitimate out of Carlos Rodon next year with Garrett Cole, and I believe Nestor Cortez will come back and have a big year, I think they can get back into the wild-card conversation, maybe not win the division, but back into the playoffs next year. I don't th- I don't see the route for the Mets to make the playoffs. I just – I just I, – I don't, I don't see it next year. Unless Steve Cohen decides that this punt year, whatever he wants to call it, this transition year, he can't help himself and he goes out and fills every need with the most expensive free agent, which he's not going to do, and that's not really the right route anyway. I just they're going to be a bad team next year. They're they're, they're just they're not going to touch the Atlanta Braves for five years at least. How did you become such a huge fan of the Minnesota Vikings? So neither one of my parents were big football fans. They raised me on baseball, so I had to kind of find my own way with football. And I have a cousin who was a little bit older than me who saw the Purple People Eater teams, and he fell in love with those teams that they were on TV all the time. So when I'd go to Thanksgiving and Christmas, he would have the purple sweatshirt on. He recruited me. It was the worst decision I ever made in my life. (laughs) Um, But – uh, it is kind of unique being in New York and having that team. It's, it's a good thing and a bad thing when you're like the person that people think of when that team comes to their mind. Mm-hmm. It's like all my New York sports fan friends, when something happens with the Minnesota Vikings, they think of me. So, you know, Minneapolis Miracle, it was great getting all those text messages. You know, last year when Ed Donatel's defense got stomped out by the New York Giants, uh, it wasn't so fun. Uh, for me, but uh, I've 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 enjoyed it for the for the most part being the unique fan in New York. But that's a franchise, man. I, I'll put it up there as one of the most heartbreaking. It's not like they've been bad. They're not like the Cleveland Browns bad, but they bring you right to the brink mm-hmm. and then uh, and then and then drop you like a like a trash bag. Stuff. <laughs> Final question for you, Gio. What was it like working with my guy Stu Gotts when Boomer was on vacation? It was good. It was a lot of fun. I mean, he is. He's much shorter than I expected. I gotta be honest with you. When he, when he walked in, how, I never how told tall him is Stu Gotts? Yeah, I, I five seven maybe. Who I knew? don't know. 
Yeah, really, really short. I mean, I guess in the in with him and Dan, and Dan's a tall guy, so I guess they keep the chairs level in that studio. But yeah, I was, I was surprised how short he was. He he's awesome, and his passion for WFAN is real, and he's very funny. And it was just it was fun seeing him like take WFAN phone calls and and really get that a kick out of that whole thing. So I, I enjoyed it. We're gonna try to do it next summer as well. I mean, he's in a great spot in his career with Dan. I'm in a great spot with Boomer and we're always going to go back to our great co-hosts when it's all said and done, but we like having a couple of shows if we could do them in the summer together. Absolutely. Gio, you are the absolute best. Appreciate you joining us in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. <laughs> we appreciate it. You are the best. Keep up the great work. Love the impressions. Love what you and Boomer do. Love watching every morning on CBS Sports Network and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Adam. It was my pleasure. What's going on, Fusco? <laughs> I get random texts from people. What's going on, Fusco? It's all his fault. It's time for texts from Jack Shine. All right, so here's the text from Jack Shine. And Bob, as my witness, knows I didn't have anything planned. And I was going to do something with a purpose. And this actually goes, is even better than I could have imagined. My dad recently had eye surgery. One week ago, had eye surgery. Cataracts, retina, his eyes are a mess, had eye surgery. So he had eye surgery on a Wednesday. Now it's been a major, and this is, you know, legit major surgery. It's been a major topic on the show and on the podcast, obviously, that my dad will send me articles. So I keep telling him, you know, on Wednesday he's, he had the surgery last Wednesday. Thursday, he sends me an article about the Yankees and Brian Cashman. So I text on the group chat with my brother and my mother and my dad. You know, it's a miracle. Poppy's healed. He's sending out athletic articles <laughs> on Brian Cashman. So as we're taping the interview with Greg Giannotti, I get two texts from my dad. One from the Washington Post. Many long COVID symptoms linger even after two years, new study shows in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. But here's my favorite. Bill Belichick is a Taylor Swift fan. After she played through the rain, quote, she's tough. Now, a couple of things. Number one, as we've told my dad and the doctors have told him, Stop looking at your phone. Yeah. Stop texting articles. Yeah. You just had major eye surgery. <laughs> but this guy can't help himself. He's still sending me, he can't see, <sighs> and he's sending me articles. Now, he's never going to stop. He's got to get away from his phone and get better. Come on, Dad, you're better than that. Now, by the way, all summer I've been jogging and running to this Taylor Swift mix that uh, Jolie put together for me. Bob, it's official. Love Story is officially my favorite Taylor Swift song. That's number one. <laughs> number two is Cruel Summer. Number three is August. Blank Space would be my number four, ah. but I am officially a Swifty, and I have spent my summer running and jogging, I just did four miles, got back from the beach as we started the show, four miles on Sunday to Taylor Swift. You, you don't think Love Story is too mainstream, Adam? Too mainstream? No. 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 Does it mm. matter? Yeah. I think so. You need a deeper cut? Yeah, I feel like if you're going to call yourself a Swiftie, you have to have deeper cuts. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'd love uh, to get Aaron Rodgers' take on this, Adam. <laughs> well, he said August was his favorite. So, but I never heard of August, so I knew that, you know, that 
that to me made sense because I go, hmm, I don't know what he's talking about. But you mentioned three other songs. I could literally sing them right now. So if I said Swifty Dad, would that be better? I don't even know what that means. Because my girls are Swifties. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Swifty by association? Sure. Or you think I need to do a deeper dive? I think you need to do a deeper dive. All right. But Maybe I'm not. I'm deeper, not. Love story dive. is amazing. Love yeah, story great is great. Song. A great yeah. song. Had a great, great uh, cameo and a great episode on the bear. The Richie episode. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. It was one of my all-time favorite episodes uh, of TV. So love story is officially my favorite. And then I'm going cruel summer and August. And Dad, please stop texting articles. Rise and shine is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, please give a five-star rating, leave a review, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Sirius XM Podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and... Producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.